Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to StadiaCast episode 8. 8. Oh my goodness, it's episode 8. And man, oh man, I am joined by my very good friend, Lloyd. He is right here. How, how's it going, Lloyd? It's going very well. Um, eight. I can't believe it's been like two months of StadiaCast already. This is crazy, man. It, it is. It's it's weird because I'm used to doing three episodes a week of a podcast. So hearing eight <laughs> is like, well, it's not that big a deal. But holy cow, two months uh, of, mm-hmm. of doing this is pretty nuts. Now, Google kind of let us down here, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I, I was so excited. I, I had a, a, a chunk of my lunch carved out and I was going to watch this this keynote. I missed like the first like 20 minutes of the keynote because I was doing some work things and it's like, oh, I hope they didn't touch the Stadia stuff. And I quickly scanned Twitter and there was no Stadia stuff. And I'm like, all right, I got I, I skipped the boring stuff. I'm going to get the good stuff. And the good stuff didn't come, Bill. It was uh, it was very disappointing. I, you know, I I don't know if we are correct to be disappointed because mm-hmm. Google IO is a developers conference. It's basically uh, Google's developer conference. And I mean, we said this before we said, look, it's possible that we won't hear anything uh, about Stadia. And we did hear a little bit about Stadia, but it was nothing consumer focused. It was very, very focused on trying to point out to developers the strengths and uh, ways mm-hmm. that Google has thought about the weaknesses of video game streaming. Did you end up getting to watch the uh, the under the hood stuff that they 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 talked about? Yeah, yeah, I, I did a, a quick, um, quick watch. And then I watched it a second time just to see if I missed anything. And it was it was it was pretty dry. Um, it was kind of like this is developing uh, and this is this is a we have a compile point and if you use this this software you can just drag this in and then you can compile to stadia and they they talked about stadia.dev so if you're a developer and you want to sign up for the development program you can go to stadia.dev and sign up for a development account um they talked about kind of the pipeline they talked about just kind of like really like high level like like a million foot level like very high level topics and um which was great it was great to see um Google I.O., as you said, is the developers conference, but they talked about Android. They talked about hardware devices. And this is like kind of Google's next big thing. I would have thought that they would have totally jumped right on top and said, yeah, we're, we're coming in hard. We're going to be doing stuff at E3. Uh, we have this game running on Stadia and show a little demo. Uh, but yeah, it was really nothing. And I and I know there's a lot of um, a Stadia development um I don't know, events and sessions and whatnot going on. So maybe there is still news to come. Um, Google IO kind of ends off tomorrow. So maybe we'll, we'll get news tomorrow and we'll be like, ah, we picked the wrong day to do the show. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're going to be kind of really much on the, or very much on the down low until E3. But now I'm even kind of wondering if E3 is even going to happen. Um, I, it's got to, it, it really has to with some comments that they made, but um, I was just, I was disappointed, but not angry. Just like, oh, okay. I was hoping for more, I guess. That's yeah. I was hoping for more too. And excuse me. um, Even though Google IO is a very much developer focused uh, event, the keynote for Google IO is very consumer focused because I don't, (laughs) I I don't think that um, the developers really much care about like the Google Home stuff that they were showing off because that's not anything that developers really get to use. That's really more for, hey, this is um, this is the kind of stuff that we can do with our uh, Google Home stuff. This is the kind of stuff that you yeah. can do with the assistant. And, you know, being a bunch of Android developers, they probably are people who use those phones and have those devices. It makes a lot of sense for them to talk about the new devices. I, I was disappointed for another reason. I was hoping to get uh, information on the Pixel 4 because I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do in the future, and they didn't talk about that. But that's not what this show is. Um, the uh, the one thing that I got out of watching the Stadia, it was like an I think it was an hour long uh, Stadia uh, deep dive. Like I think they called it the deep dive on uh, streaming games. Uh, The one thing that I got out of that that I thought was really good is how they talked about the trade-offs that come 
with quality versus latency. Uh, and it mm -hmm. shows that they are really thinking about this. And they talked about all the different ways that you could try and do it. And it seems like they settled with a, a custom encoder that is custom built, it, custom built for streaming games. And what I think a lot of people are assuming is that when we use Stadia, they're just going to be using the whatever the YouTube encoder is. But it seems like Google is doing something else instead. And I think right. that that's very, very good. It shows that they're saying, look, these are the weaknesses and this is how we're going to shore them up. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Like, I, I've always kind of wondered about Google's YouTube encoder because I'll upload a like a four gig uh, one hour video to YouTube. And then it's like, oh, I forgot to, to transfer it to my laptop. Uh, I'll just download it from YouTube and you can go into your, your video tools. And I go start a download and it comes down and it's like 800 meg. It's like, oh, OK, how did my four gig turn into 800, 800 meg? Um, so they, they do some really some crazy um, compression on their end when they get a video from us. Um, and it usually looks good, but a, a lot of YouTube videos are going to be um, more stationary. Like it's people having vlogs, uh, stuff in the background. So, you know, they're they're probably using a very like generic encoder um, or a general encoder rather, um, which handles a lot of scenes really well. Uh, but games like the, most of the stuff on the screen is changing all the time when you're playing video games. So they're going to have to really uh, make sure that they've fine tuned this as much as possible. They want to make it so it's a, a as a, the, the smallest amount of data coming to the user because they don't want to um, have more latency because you're pushing big video files down. Um, but they also want to make it look good. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a nice little dance that, do, that they're going to have to be doing between now and when Stadia launches just to make sure that the games look as good as they possibly can. Yeah, they were talking about, uh, and, and I might get the terminology wrong because I, this, again, this stuff is way in over my head, uh, but they were talking about things like P-frames and I-frames and A-frames and B-frames. And basically, the idea is one of those frames, and I'm just going to call it the, the key frame, and that's probably, that's not the right term, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> One of those frames draws everything on the screen. Every single pixel is drawn. And then the next frame that they send only has the things that changed. So depending on how much stuff changed, that's going to change how often they have to send the key frame. If everything changed, they have to send another key frame. And how often they have to do that depends on uh, what kind of game you're playing. So like if you're playing a game like, let's say Hearthstone, those yeah. frames don't change all that much. There's a lot of stuff that stays the same the whole time. If you're watching this video over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash StadiaCast, uh, if you're watching this video over there, you can see the backgrounds behind Lloyd and I, they don't really change. They stay the same the whole time. Uh, our logo that's right below me stays the same the whole time so that those frames i'm sorry those parts of the frames don't change but everything else where like when i'm talking i'm changing a bunch but lloyd's just sitting there not really moving he's blinking maybe nodding a little bit not not a lot of motion they don't have to encode all that stuff in order to send it and because of that it it requires less data and what lloyd is saying uh just for those of you that aren't sure is in a video game, lots and lots of stuff moves all the time. And because of that, they have to send a lot more keyframes. And mm -hmm. that is why it's important that they have this special encoder that is made with games in mind. And I almost wonder if, if uh, there's like certain UI elements that will always kind of be the same. And the people who make the game can can designate this is an area you never have to look at in Coder because it's never going to change. It, like things like that, things that we haven't thought of because we're so used to thinking of video in traditional format ha and having them do it in a completely different way could really change things up, especially 
if they're thinking about it the way it seems like they are. It seems like they are really looking into doing it in a way that is specific to video games. And I think that's great. Yeah, there's there's people that get paid big, big, big bucks to um, basically work at DVD companies and Blu-ray companies to figure out like the best compression that they could possibly do for um, whatever movie they're working on. Um, so, you know, they're going to get some people that are really good at, at video and um, and they're going to look at this stuff. Um, H.264 was great. H.265 is better. Um, they video games are really weird because we have stuff that is like 4k and hdr and the scenes are constantly updating like you don't get that really in a blu-ray um for the most part like even if you're watching a 4k hdr blu-ray there's there's big chunks of the movie where it's not updating constantly but if you're playing fortnite uh unless you're camping in a bush somewhere (laughs) you're moving and you're you're spinning around and you're building and you're shooting and all this stuff and and you want to make sure that that stuff uploads or sorry updates um and gets sent to the the users as quickly as possible so um i'm I'm glad that they're not just using like just some general um encoder that they're gonna fine-tune it for for gaming and who knows maybe they'll have multiple encoders that um whatever their their brain the smart google brain will figure out like if you're playing hearthstone it's going to upload or it's going to update very very small parts of the screen uh but if you're playing like first person shooter it's updating a lot more so maybe it has to use a uh, a more um i don't know aggressive encoder so that it can still send that video to you as quickly as as you need it that yeah i i totally agree um I want to talk a little bit about the controller because some people have gotten mm-hmm. their hands on the controller and, um, oh shoot, I'm talking to you in discord, so I can't bring it up. Uh, let me bring up this, uh, Reddit thread. Uh, there are people who are at Google IO and while they're there, they were looking at the controller. They actually got their hands on it. And right. there's a couple things that I want, that I want to point out. First off, Android central. I think it's Android Central because I, I closed the window. Uh, Android Central said that they really liked how the controller felt. They said it felt really good. Uh, this guy yeah. who posted something to the uh, Google, or I'm sorry, the uh, Stadia subreddit, he said he really hated the D-pad. He said the D-pad felt uh, really cheap. So uh, here, here's what yeah. he says. His name is Robin Ramen Blizz. Uh, he said, went back. To get more feel of the controller, I still stand by my original opinion on the D-pad. It's not great. It's slippery, and it doesn't give much traction. I imagine using it for fighting games, doing dragon punch or a fireball motion, and I think it will be hard to execute those moves. The body has a sandy feeling and slippery as well. That right there, those the way that he's phrased that is confusing to me because I would think if it's sandy that it's grippy. Uh, but right, he says exactly. that it, it feels sandy and slippery. So I'm a little confused by that. Uh, he says, I feel I'll need a grip cover to be able to use it comfortably. The face buttons and bumpers are clicky and satisfying, almost feel like clicking on mechanical keyboards. That's really good to hear. Uh, hmm. I can't confirm the trigger buttons are lit. I, I cannot confirm if the trigger buttons are linear since there's no engineers here to help me answer that question, but I'll be surprised if that's not the case. Uh, spent some time using it to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It works pretty well aside, aside from being slippery. I had to p- position my hands in a certain way to be able to grip the controller comfortably. Comfortably. Overall, I think it's an okay controller. Definitely not the worst, but far from the best. I think it'll do for a launch product. What do you think, Lloyd? Interesting. Um, the, like I was just picking up my um, Switch Pro controller, and it, it's slippery as well. Like all the plastic is very slippery. It's got like kind of textured grips, but they're not they're not sandy. Um, it, but I but I find that if a controller's in your hand like you have it kind of locked in you it's it's not going to move around too much um so I don't, I don't know if i'm really worried too worried about that uh, one of the best comments i saw about the controller is that someone called it boring uh he said it's boring in the best possible way and what he means by that is it's not trying <laughs> to do something new it's not a steam controller it's not like some weird it's not like that uh the the render that you showed that was like pvc pipe and, and like and weird other things on top of it it was um yeah it was just it 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 was different right so 
um yeah i don't know i i I like that i like that um description that it's boring in the best possible way because it's not trying to do something new uh they said it feels very much like a playstation 4 controller um from kind of a weight uh uh, like the weight of the controller uh it's heavy but not like crazy heavy um so yeah i don't know i i i'm I'm happy i'd love to hold it myself um the the other thing that you have to um, realize is that when they were on the show floor or on the conference floor all of the stadia controllers are tethered because they don't want to use wi-fi in that environment so there's a little bit of of weight and attention that's put on the controller because it has a cable where you won't have that when you're playing at home most of the time you're probably not going to be playing with like a USB-C connection uh at very often except maybe if your controller dies and you have to charge it while playing so um yeah i don't know uh, everybody seemed to be very positive or non-negative as it were uh which uh, made me pretty happy because a controller like the ouya was a thing and people hated that controller and i thought hey it looks good i want to hold it for myself and and yeah i I just i didn't like that one and um a lot of the other controllers on the market they're they're either like very hit or miss um so for for most people that i've seen to say that they really liked the stadia controller or it didn't surprise them uh, which is a good thing um made me very happy you, you know, you bring up something uh, interesting a moment ago is that this is not a controller that needs batteries. You plug it in and charge it. And mm-hmm. I am very curious to the people who listen to our show how you feel about that. I personally don't like controllers that I have to go find batteries to put in. I like controllers that I can charge just plug them in to whatever thing I need to plug them into and leave them there. And as long as it has a good enough battery life, I don't care. You know, honestly, the, the, the controller that has the absolute worst battery life of any controller I've ever used has been the PS4 controller. And very seldomly does that become an issue for me because I pay attention to when it looks like it's getting down to one bar and then I plug it in at night and then I'm all set again. Um, how do you yeah. feel about that, Lloyd? Are you a uh, are you a battery guy or a plug-in guy? Um, I I thought batteries were uh, great uh, because uh, when the Xbox 360 was a thing and and I had like the little battery door thing, you put your batteries <laughs> in and slam it in your controller. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm never going to run out of power. It's like changing then, a magazine like, in a gun. <laughs> exactly, and then like three boxes of batteries later i'm like okay this controller just cost me eight hundred dollars like i I don't like this anymore um so yeah no i'm a big fan of of having rechargeable batteries in built into the controller and not something you can that you have to remove and charge separately uh like some of the xbox stuff uh was for a long long time so um i i didn't expect anything different but it's really good to hear that confirmed as well yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. I'm very happy about it that it's a plug-in thing. Uh, Max Maxim Maxime in chat. I can't get over that name. I'm sorry, Max. I'm just gonna say Max <laughs> if that's okay. Uh, Max in chat says there are people who prefer to put batteries in it. Uh, yes, there are because those there there are people who play for really really extended periods of time when they play a game, and mm-hmm. if their controller dies in the middle of their game. They're going to be like, oh, man, now what am I going to do? Uh, I'm going to have to go outside and see the sun or something. So I I understand that there's people who prefer that. I just personally can't stand having to go search for batteries because we keep them down in my wife's sewing room. So anytime that I have to, because the steam controller, one of my favorite controllers. Let me just grab it right here. One of my favorite controllers of all time. This thing is amazing, but it uses double A batteries. Now, it has a fantastic battery life. This thing lasts forever. Uh, But when this dies, I have to set it down. I have to go downstairs. I have to find where my wife has moved them to because she's constantly rearranging her sewing room. And then once I locate them, then I got to come back up and and swap the batteries out and throw the batteries away. And I feel like it's wasteful. Um, I got to say, I wish that, that something like this caught on because i love this thing so much it is so good uh pseudo skate in chat say says that it sucks no it doesn't you're wrong but that's okay you can be wrong if you want to (laughs) uh i love that thing i think it was great but uh this is this the the switch pro controller is probably my favorite controller of all time I would like it a lot more if it had analog triggers this is the one thing that that i feel like it's missing and it has a crappy d-pad 
Um, yeah, yeah. The D pad and the analog control and uh, the analog um, triggers would be fantastic. It would make it the, my favorite controller ever. Um, but yeah, that sadly isn't a thing. Um, what what so is yeah, your favorite? The, uh, I'd have to say probably PlayStation Four. Um, like battery life aside, um, it just feels the most comfortable for me. Um, like I, I don't mind Xbox controllers. Like they're all they're all pretty good. Like everybody is kind of um, they've kind of distilled all the crazy designs down into something that works. Um, uh, my previous favorite controller was the Wii U Pro controller because it just felt great to hold in your hand. Um, the the 12 times that I played my Wii U, um, the, the <laughs> switch is very similar to that. So I immediately like, like the switch, um, like right off the bat, but the Wii U pro controller had a better D pad and I believe it had analog, um, um, triggers, I believe, um, so they, they kind of tone. Did it have digital? Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it had a better D pad. So they, they toned that down when they went to this controller. So, yeah, but uh, for me, uh, I, I just love the PS4 controller. It just feels, good um having i i just love playstation controllers in general so uh anthony talca in chat is saying the nintendo switch pro controller has an awesome battery life it absolutely does i think i've charged this thing i got my switch on launch day and i think i've charged this thing maybe four times and i play a lot i play a lot uh although i do i do play a lot on the joy cons because i like the people are going to hate hate what i'm about to say I like the D-pad Joy-Cons, or the Joy-Con D-pad. I think it's fantastic for certain games. Is it good for Street Fighter? No, it's a yeah. it's a train wreck for Street Fighter, but I don't, really, I don't really play Street Fighter all that much. Uh, so sure. I'm I'm still very worried about the D-pad for uh, the, the Stadia controller. I think that that, I think that that looks real bad. Uh, what the guy who, who had his hand on it said, he, he said that it, it felt cheap. And when it was, I think it was Android central or Android police had wrote, written a thing. They didn't mention the D pad at all. And I was like, well, they're a phone blog. So of course they're not sure. going to mention the D pad. I think it's important though. And, uh, uh, the, I want to hear from our, our audience. What do you guys think? about like what's your favorite controller what features do you wish that the that the stadia controller had and looking at that d-pad do you think that that d-pad is going to be serviceable for playing games now if you're like me and the games that you play are side-scrolling platformers that d-pad's probably fine uh mm-hmm. or you know other types of games where you just have to hit a button on the D-pad and not really use it for anything other than, you know, selecting a menu, things like that, then that D-pad's probably fine. But if you're somebody who likes fighting games and things like that, I think that that D-pad is going to be a disaster. And uh, the good news is you don't have to use the Stadia controller. You can use whatever controller you want. In fact, I think we got a tweet about this. Uh, Where was it? Um... Uh, here we go. Julian Sharp tweeted at us. They said, at StadiaCast, hey, Bill and Lloyd, really enjoying the podcast. Question, will I have to buy the Stadia controller to play Stadia? The answer is no. Or can I use my Switch Pro controller? The answer is yes. And mm-hmm. if so, what will be the differences? The Pro controller is not having Wi-Fi or a Google button? Thanks, Julian. Uh, you want to address that, Lloyd? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much with Stadia, as long as the um, web browser that you're running, so the device that you're running Stadia on through the web browser can see a piece of hardware. So it knows uh, people have been digging around through the setup. It knows what a pro controller is. It knows what a Joy-Con is. It knows what a play and an xbox controller knows what all those things are as long as it can see that you can use it um whether every single game is going to support it um, that's going to be another issue entirely but it's very similar to what pc gaming is like now so most games will support all controllers you can remap all the controls um and you can do whatever you want Uh, but there are some games that say nope you can only use keyboard and mouse you can't use uh you can't use a controller at all so it'll be interesting to see kind of what limitations um google puts on their developers when they are using the development kit to make a stadia game whether that is even going to be allowed um or whether it's basically every game is going to have to support every single control scheme that you want so it's going to have to have remappable controls and all that stuff um but yeah as long as you're using a modern controller 
you'll be able to use it. Um, when you were saying playing Street Fighter with the D-pad, it's not going to be a good experience. Well, that's why you go out to like X Arcade and you buy a USB powered uh, fight stick and you can do two player fight sticks and play your fighting games that way. So there's going to be so many options and it's different than the Xbox and PlayStation and Switch now because you can pretty much use any controller you want. Like you're not limited by what the hardware and OS supports because the hardware and OS supports whatever hardware Windows supports or Chrome supports or whatever. But if you're trying to use your TV, the only thing that you're going to be able to use pretty much is the Stadia controller. Yeah. Um, An important note with all these different controllers is uh, if you're watching the YouTube video right here, I'm holding up my, there's some cat hair on it, uh, holding up my, uh, (laughs) my PlayStation controller. It's got the X's on the bottom. And now I'm going to hold up my Steam controller and the X is on the side. And then I'm going to hold up my Nintendo Switch controller and the X is on the top. And if a button or if a game doesn't design itself around knowing which controller you have and the game tells you to push X, what the hell are you supposed to do? (laughs) That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, it's a huge problem. Uh, it is. So, like, I was playing Elder Scrolls Online because I love MMOs, right? And I was playing it on my PC, and I decided that I wanted to hook up my PS4 controller because this is this is my favorite controller for that game. I think it's really, really comfortable. Um, bringing up... It, it's just really good. I'm not going to get into why. But uh, I, I plugged it in, and the game didn't recognize that it was a PS4 controller. Final Fantasy 14 recognizes that it's a PS4 controller and uh, playing that on PC and it changes the buttons so it has square, circle, cross, and triangle. But Elder Scrolls Online still had ABXY in the format of uh, an Xbox or a Steam controller with A Mm -hmm. on the bottom and B to the right. That's that's kind of a problem. Of course, you know, there was a mod... Somebody had made a mod for the game that replaced all of the art from the Xbox controllers with art for the PlayStation controllers. So I was able to solve that problem. But for most games, if I want to use this, I have, and I'm I'm holding up my PlayStation controller again. If I want to use this controller, I have to deal with having the button inputs. I have to translate them in my head before I react. And that is so frustrating so unless unless the um the the developers keep in mind that and plan around it then even if you want to use your switch pro controller i would recommend against it because abxy is going to be in the wrong spot and sure you can maybe remap it but most games don't let you do that because that's extra work and i i think that your best bet, if you're not going to get the Stadia controller, is probably to just get an Xbox Xbox One controller, uh, at least in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it'll be good. Hopefully, uh, Google's going to do some sort of, um, I don't know, quality assurance on these types of things and, and say, because this is going to be playable on all sorts of different devices, you have to have remappable controls. You have to have the proper labels come up and, and maybe they can do some some os level thing um whatever the stadia os is going to be running in the background um that's my hope anyway but um until this comes out who knows it could be could be everything could be nothing uh it'll be uh, kind of the wild west for a little while i'm sure that's right let's let's take a quick break we'll we'll have an ad and we'll be right back well that was the wrong button now it's not working at all these people are upset because even after waiting all night they were unable to get their kids a new version of a game called dragon quest all right so listen maybe dragon quest will come to the uh to the stadia but we don't know uh we've got some feedback we got a lot of tweets coming at us listen if you guys want to want to keep this going we really like this stuff because it's it's going to be tough for Lloyd and I to keep carrying this show if Google's not going to tell us anything for crying out loud. So uh, we got feedback yep. and we really appreciate it. We got a tweet from at Smash Block Games. Uh, they said after Stadia launches, 
Do you think that we will see Google prevent competitors' ads such as xCloud from appearing on YouTube and other Google services? And if GameStop disappears, well, this is a second question. We'll come back to the GameStop thing in a second. Uh, so xCloud and uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, just xCloud competitors advertising on YouTube. Uh, Smash Block, I don't see that happening. I mean, if you think about it now... Apple advertises on YouTube and they're a direct competitor with uh, with Google. I, I don't think that it, Google is an ad company. They want <laughs> the money of the ad. They, they want the advertisers to to be giving them the money. So that's like them turning down money. I don't <clears throat> think that's going to happen. Lloyd. Yeah, Maxime in the chat room says the, the exact right comment. Europe would not be happy. And that is exactly oh. right there. Uh, Google's da- dancing a very fine line between or a regulation right now. Like you if you watch Google I.O., the, the whole conference is about them saying we love privacy. Privacy is awesome. <laughs> no, you true. Google, you don't love privacy. You are you are anti privacy forever. Uh, but now it's like, OK, we got to do this or we either do it ourselves or it's going to be regulated. And it was the same thing with um, with ads like they learned a long time ago that if they start filtering ads for competitors, they're going to be seen as monopoly and they're going to get taken down. So, yeah, I I don't think there's going to be any sort of um, protection from that. Uh, You'll you'll see Nintendo ads. You'll see the next PS5 ads running on Google Stadia games because Google doesn't care. They they make money from ad revenue and they want as many ads to be run. And they're not going to say no to anybody that wants to advertise except for the obvious ads that they don't accept. Right. And, and, and uh, Stadia is really Google's. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like Google is doing Stadia because they tried to do what Twitch is doing and they couldn't break in. So they're like, if you can't beat them, join them. Like they're, they're trying to find some end around, like they're calling an audible. They've realized they can't compete with Twitch for live streaming but if they have a gaming platform that automatically takes care of all of the streaming for you now people are going to watch that so i don't think google is going to be making buckets of cash from stadia Uh, maybe they'll make money i'm sure that they'll make some money but their big money is going to become from ads that are on youtube channels because that's really like that the integration that brings those two things together, I think, is incredibly important to their uh, their bottom line and their business model. Um, so let's let's look at the next tweet we got. Uh, Anthony Talcott uh, says, I'm oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. We'll we'll get back to Anthony in a second. Smash Block Games had a second question. They said, and if GameStop disappears Will this put Stadia ahead of Sony in terms of marketing? Where will they show state of play? Uh, they're definitely going to show state of play on YouTube, but but even if they didn't show state of play on YouTube, they would show it on Twitch. And yeah. I, I don't see that uh, being a problem at all. And by the way, uh, state of play, uh, they're, they're having a state of play tomorrow. tomorrow. 3 Eastern, I think, something like that. No, it's 3 Pacific. I think it's 6 p.m. 3 Pacific. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, this may, I mean, I don't know. I thought the last state of play was kind of uh, lackluster and boring, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they're doing another one soon. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Smash Block Games, I think that, uh, I don't think that we have to worry about that. Although, if, sta- if GameStop disappears, you're just not going to buy games at GameStop anymore. You're going to go there to buy merch. I think. All right. So we also got a tweet from Anthony Talcott. He said, I'm guessing you guys have owned a few consoles. What have you done? What have consoles done in the past, either UI or community wise that you do not want to see in Stadia? For me, it's the horrible PS4 community UI on the console. It's horrendous. Lloyd, what do you think, man? Yeah, for me, it's just slow convoluted ui uh, just in general like i i went back on my playstation 3 uh, to download a game for my son a while ago and it's just like oh my god it takes me 20 minutes to find a game on the playstation store how how do they expect people to actually buy stuff 
and it's just so slow and, and terrible. Uh, we don't know what the Stadia UI is even going to look like, if there is even going to be a UI, um, if it's going to be maybe the games are their, their, their own thing and they just have their own in-game menus. We don't even know. Um, but if, if I had my say, I'd, I'd want a nice snappy UI that is the same from game to game to game to do your contacts and, and chat and all that other stuff. And I hope it's super snappy, not slow, and uh, doesn't make me want to tear out my hair when I play it. Uh, the Switch is mm-hmm. like my favorite console. I love that thing. It's awesome. It's great. The UI is yep. fast and snappy, but it has zero community features. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. way to talk to anybody on that thing. You can't use voice chat. You can't send a message. You can't do anything. It is a disaster as far as online gaming goes. And the the thing that you said just a minute ago is very scary to me. The idea that Stadia wouldn't have a interface at all. It would just be, oh, you go and buy the game and then you play the game. Like YouTube is the interface. And that would be really really bad because i want to be able to say hey everybody i'm 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 playing game x and if you want to join me then you know join me uh i don't want it to be like the switch where when when i when my friends list is worthless it is worthless i have i have so many friends on the switch because i do a switch podcast i'm sure you have the same issue uh lloyd Uh, I, I do a uh, Nintendo podcast. So on, on, uh, on my switch, I have so many friends on there that I can't add anymore. So every time somebody sends me a new request, I got to delete somebody, but it's yeah. useless because I look at my friends list and I'm like, Oh, they're playing a game. Well, great. There's no way for me to join that game. <laughs> There's no way for me to send them a message and Hey, say, Hey, you want to play together? It's just Hey, look, they're playing a game. Well, thanks for the information, because that's useless. Google Stadia needs, needs, needs to have a community feature where you can have a group, where you can have a chat room, where you can talk to your friends, because as much as people joke that uh, gamers are nerds in their basements alone, gaming is a social experience these days. Oh my God, Google, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a social experience these days and right. you have to be able to communicate. And if you can't, then it's 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 very frustrating. Yep, I agree, 100%. Uh, let me see, it's a, it's a bug hunt man. That's a funny name. Uh, they said <laughs> uh, at StadiaCast, hey, Bill and Lloyd, what are your opinions on how the indie game scene will be handled on Stadia? As a hobby developer, I would love to be able to share my projects online, both in development and after completion. Do you think Stadia would be open as the Play Store or will it be more restricted and curated like the digital stores for console platforms? Thanks, guys. And he used the hashtag StadiaCast. Thanks for doing that. That makes it easy for us. <laughs> awesome uh yeah thanks it's it's a bug hunt man thanks for that uh tweet and the question um your guess is as good as ours uh right now you can go to stadia.dev and you can sign up as a stadia developer and uh google's going through the, that list right now and they're uh cherry picking kind of uh, developers that they want to work with immediately um and they want to they they announce that um uh, what is I can't remember the name of the program, but where they're going to be publishing games and giving money to Stadia developers to help with development, they're gonna they're gonna kind of go through that, and then they're gonna update the rest of the people that have applied. So uh, we'll probably hear news soon-ish, I would say, as to what that means. Um, my th- my thought is that after Stadia launches, anybody will be able to sign up for a Stadia developers account, and you'll be able to um, create binaries and upload them to the Stadia cloud and. Test them whether that means that you can release them to everybody we, we don't even know like uh, one of my big questions right now or one of my one of the things that i'm thinking about is are are developers going to have to pay google to run their games in the google cloud or is this just a free service that google is providing saying make games for us sell them on our store we, we take the cut we share ad revenue and we'll run your game um 
probably, but maybe not. Maybe it's going to be like other developers where if you make a really big first person shooter and you want to have multiplayer servers, you either pay to run your own servers or you pay Microsoft or Sony to run those servers. So there's so much stuff that we don't know yet. And um, that will come into play when um, when indie developers start wanting to release titles on the Google Stadia. I, I will say this. You know, speaking of indie developers, a lot of independent games these days are being made in, um, oh God, what's the two engines that everybody uses? I forgot now. Uh, Unity and yeah. Unreal Engine. Yeah, Unity and Unreal. A lot of the independent games, some of your favorite independent games are made in Unity and Unreal. They're very, very versatile engines. And both of those engines are uh, ported to Stadia already. So it, it like it's Correct. going to be basically a drag and drop and then fix a few things to port your game to stadia which is fantastic right. i think that the easier that they make it to bring games to stadia the less reasons a developer will have to say well i'm not going to do that now and yep. what i'm hoping will happen is that the only reason that somebody wouldn't bring a game to stadia would be because they have a deal with somebody else uh, something like Borderlands 3 is exclusive to the Epic Games Store or uh, something yeah. that, you know, the uh, Half-Life 3 will certainly not come to Stadia when it will be something that would launch on Steam instead. Don't get excited. Correct. We're never going to get Half-Life 3. I've, I've <laughs> decided to just live with the idea uh, that it's gone forever. Um, so yeah. go ahead, Lloyd. No, I was just commenting. Yeah, oh. the, the Unreal or uh, Half Life. It's never going to come, and it makes me really sad. It, it, it does make me sad. So, um, if you want to get a hold of us, it's super easy at, at mm -hmm. StadiaCast, or um, you can just use hashtag StadiaCast because I searched for that before I when I put the show notes together, uh, and it, it makes it a lot easier. Now we have a bunch of people in chat because we're not doing this on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Uh, which is nice. So uh, go into chat real quick. Uh, let's see. Pseudo Skate is saying that the NVIDIA Shield controller is good. Does that controller, have you ever used that, Lloyd? No, I haven't. Oh, I was wondering if that controller, like where the X is on there, I wonder if it's over on the right or something, and just to make things even more complicated. Um, Anthony Talcott says, Xbox One controller is my favorite due to the due tiny Trump hands. I hope the Stadia <laughs> controller isn't too large. Um, do you, did you have the original Xbox? I did, yeah. The, that Duke, With the big Duke controller. The Duke controller? What a disaster. Holding like this. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was like, it was like playing games with a pizza box. It was it was huge. It was very, very bad. Now, Pseudoskate is saying he, he really loves the NVIDIA Shield. He said that the NVIDIA Shield's game stream is 11.76 teraflops. I don't know what that means, man. I'm sorry. I know that that's a big number and that uh, Stadia <laughs> has lower teraflops than that. But Stadia, it, uh, that is just one blade. And they, they what, what is it? The elastic, elastic, uh, what was the thing that they called it? Elastic something. Yeah, it, it basically what they can do is they can they can um, merge multiple blades together in an instance to share the GPU between multiple GPUs uh, to the the binary that is running on one of them. So you can you can have a game that starts on one blade and then you want to push out a 4K 60, 60 frame, uh, 60 FPS uh, stream. Well, you might need a couple extra blades running when that that uh, that game is running. So that is all possible with uh, Stadia, theoretically. Theoretically, and a lot of people keep, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Next or whatever it's going to be called. When when those come out, mm -hmm. people are saying, well, those are going to be more powerful than Stadia. Okay, but Stadia can upgrade without you having to buy another device. And don't don't get me wrong. That's right. I'm not against the other consoles. I'm probably going to own one or more of the other consoles when they come out. I have a Switch. Yeah. I have a PS4 Pro. I have a PS4 downstairs. I buy video game stuff. I'm excited for Stadia because it's one less thing that I'm going to have to buy, hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, and uh, 
with when those other consoles come out sure they're going to be more powerful but then stadia can just do their elastic computing that's what it was called computing they can do their elastic computing and just throw more processors at the problem in order to make it go away uh so even though when when you when you start talking about the stats and the numbers of uh computing it's like you're not quite understanding and maybe i'm just not understanding what your point is not you lloyd uh chat it's like you're not quite understanding the potential that Stadia can bring, at least in my opinion. Exactly. And and the best thing about Stadia is one year from now, they see all these new um, um, like PS4, Xbox, whatever, um, get announced. Um, they know kind of what the, the specs are going to be. Then Google has to then say, okay, well, uh, if we want to compete, if we want to have uh, you hit one button to port to Xbox and another one to port to PlayStation 4, 5 and another one to port to Stadia, uh, we have to have our hardware a little bit faster. Well, they just have to start replacing these blades and they don't have to do all of them. They could just replace some of the blades and slowly, slowly work that stuff out. And the, the, the consumer doesn't have to buy any new hardware so all that stuff for the next 10 years google can keep increasing the power of stadia and we don't ever have to see that that's just going to happen in the background and and uh, their their server nerds are, are going to work on that stuff while we just play the play the games and have the fun which is uh, fantastic our uh discussion that we had about independent games coming to stadia uh due to its um using those two engines uh maxime in chat is saying i'm pretty sure that stadia will not be really open like like it will be more like a console and to sign up at stadia dev you'll need a company i think i don't think that that's true because i think that that would be bad for business for stadia it's better to like google is coming into this with nothing they don't have a back catalog of intellectual property that they can leverage. They need every game that they can get in order to make this proposition palatable to a consumer so that when a consumer looks and they say, oh, Assassin's Creed, well, oh, okay, you got Doom. All right, well, that's not quite enough. Oh, wait, you have also have 3 billion independent games? Well, now I'm interested. And I almost feel like that's like what happened with the Switch. The Switch started real slow because it you know it it had like three games at launch and now Mm -hmm. oh my god there's there's like 50 games coming out every week now most of them are trash but there's 50 games coming out every single week and you look at steam the reason people use steam there are i I don't even you can't even put a number on the number of games Mm -hmm. that are coming out on steam every week it's insanity so i I don't think that's an issue lloyd yeah, I think it's going to be very much similar to um, being a uh, just a, an Android developer where you could be a company or you could be an individual, but you have to fill out all the tax forms and you have to make sure that you have a bank account set up because you're going to have to set up the financial stuff. Um, it'll probably be a very similar process, I would assume. Um, Google's probably going to be a, a lot more... Um, restrictive at the start they're going to want to have their big channel partners and their the big triple a dev studios and some of the the really killer indie studios working on on stuff and really banging away at stadia because the dev kits are are being worked on as well and and they're going to be constantly updated as people are are banging against them and running into bugs but once they get all that stuff done i'm sure that anybody that can that can make a game to run on an android phone will be able to make a game that can also run on google stadia again the whole how how as a developer does it cost me anything to put my game out there and run in the cloud all that all those questions need to be answered uh, at, at first um, but i'm sure that's coming and i'm sure that's what's being talked about at google io right now i'm just not down there i wish i was but i'm not i wish you were there too lloyd we could use a man in the field uh anthony mm-hmm. talcott in chat is saying so maybe something like steam Greenlight, where you let the players choose what they want on stadia I don't know that I really, I, I guess that's cool. I guess mm-hmm. I just want, if somebody wants to be able to put a game on Stadia, I want them to be able to, I want that to, yeah. to be an option. Now, that being said, and this is, this might be a better discussion for next week because we're coming up on uh, the end of the show. Uh, so actually, what do you think about this for a topic next week? 
Yeah, do we we'll want it and we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, do we want Google to censor Stadia or do we want it to be a wild west like they have on Steam because there has been definitely some discussion about games that are on Steam that people find offensive and that that upsets some people and some people say well that's free speech and we're not going to get into that right now but what do you think about that for a topic for next week sure yeah no i think that's uh, that's really really good um uh, maxim in the chat room says i don't don't know how companies work in the u.s but the state registra- registration page makes it seem like you need a company to register and um I, i'm trying to apply right now and you could be a private company public company partnership or other so maybe you don't need to be a company, uh, uh, but yeah, fully rich company name. So yeah, maybe you do need to be a company, but th- this is just the the initial kick at the can. So we'll, we'll look into it a little bit more and, and that's a, a great discussion for next week. Yeah. And, and as far as being a company or not, like, I don't know that I would it's, consider myself to be a company. I have, I'm run, jump, stomp is my company, I guess mm-hmm. it's just me. Uh, but yeah. whenever I am asking for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Asking for like, re- uh, review copies of a game or something like that. And they say, what company do you work for? I say, run, jump, stomp. So, right. you know, you, you, you don't have to like have a building that you go to that has 38 billion people working in it for, in order to be a company, <laughs> you can just be a company all by yourself. Right. And and using a service like LegalZoom.com or there's like a million different online sites if you're in the States or in Canada or whatever country you're in, you can create an LLC in, in minutes these days. Like it's super easy to set up a company where it used to be a, a big arduous process. So, um, yeah, maybe that distinction maybe isn't super important, but we'll we'll, uh, we'll look into it and we'll discuss it next week for sure. All right. You ready to button this up? I am. Yeah, definitely. I have ColecoVision and a Coleco game cartridge by November 15th. We'll send you a free Cabbage Patch Kid by Christmas. Follow the show on Twitter at StadiaCast. You can follow me at RunJumpStomp. And Lloyd, where is it that people are going to find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Dasme, D-A-S-M-E. And be sure to use that hashtag StadiaCast so that we can find your tweets, because Lloyd and I both have a bunch of other shows uh, we'd like to thank the unofficial Discord server of the official Stadia subreddit for letting people know about our show, uh, which you can check out their stuff over at bit.ly slash Stadia Discord. The music that you're about to hear, I have no idea what it is because uh, <laughs> because my button, the button that I usually hit is not working. Actually, I'm going to try it. We're going to try. We're going to try it live here. It should be Summer Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. Uh, You can check out their stuff at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. And it worked. I'm out of here. See ya.